Today we are going to be, uh, as our, our focus and focal uh, text in the book of Matthew, in the book of Matthew, in Matthew, the last chapter, the 28th chapter, and we'll begin reading at the 16th verse, Matthew chapter 28, and we'll begin reading at the 16th verse. It says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always to the end of the age. Father, we pray to experience um, your nearness, nearness of the Lord Christ, uh, according to your word. We pray, Lord, uh, for uh, the opening of hearts and minds and um, uh, the removal, Lord, of anything that would hinder us from uh, receiving your word and uh, following obediently in your will. We thank you, Lord. Uh, sanctify this time to you. Have your way, Lord. We ask for fresh anointing to preach and anointing to receive your word. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, back in the 90s, I can't believe I'm saying back in the 90s. Time. Back in the 90s, there was a cartoon produced by Steven Spielberg, trying to put some weight on it because Spielberg produced it. It was called Pinky and the Brain. I don't know if you remember it, but it, it focused on two genetically enhanced lab mice with human-like abilities. Uh, one was portrayed as a genius, uh, the brain, and the other one was not so bright, Pinky. <clears throat> they carried out normal activities there in the Acme lab uh, during the day in their cage. Um, but at night, they would start talking and, and making plans and, and plotting. Pinky every night would ask Brain what he wants to do that night. And without fail or hesitation, uh, with much enthusiasm, Brain would answer, the same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. <laughs> Try to take over the world. It, it didn't matter uh, uh, that it was impossible or if it looked impossible or, or even how bad they failed uh, the night before at, at trying to take over the world. It, it never Changed. The answer to the question never changed. What are we doing next? It never changed. Uh, try to take over the world. It was uh, Brain's uh, life's mission. 
his life's mission was to take over the world. Um, nothing like a good mission. In, in the text today, though, uh, Jesus answers the question of, of what will we do today? Um, what's next, Lord? Um, he answers this question for his disciples once and for all. He gives them a, a mission that they are to always be living out in the world, no matter how impossible it may look or even how bad they may have failed the night before. He gives them a mission and his mission for them is always what's next. Uh, the mission of the Lord for the disciples is always what's next. And that's the uh, title of the message. What's next? What's next? Um, here, the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew, it leads people uh, who read it to uh, see and accept Jesus as the king, the Messiah or or Christ from the line of David that uh, God had said long ago that he was sent to rule over his people and, and, and liberating them and saving them. Now, after uh, sharing Jesus's authoritative teachings and and the reactions of those that believed and also those who refused to believe Matthew recounts the betrayal and crucifixion of Jesus just when his death could have led people to conclude that he wasn't who he claimed to be Matthew shares the report of the resurrection proving that he was just who he claimed to be in this last chapter uh, chapter 28 we find uh, the resurrected Jesus gathering his disciples uh, to relaunch them into a life of ministry with a crystal clear mission. He wants to relaunch them in the ministry with a clear mission. <clears throat> the, the, the main point that we want to get from this, the thrust is that the mission of faithful disciples is to make other disciples. The mission of faithful disciples is to make disciples. <clears throat> Verse 16 says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. After experiencing the life-changing crisis of Jesus' death and becoming aware of his resurrection, we find the 11 disciples regrouping, but doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. Uh, they met him in Galilee on a mountainside. And uh, a, a, a disciple, a disciple, just to uh, define it, a disciple was to be a, a committed learner or follower of a teacher. They didn't learn just for the sake of knowledge, but uh, with a desire to become like the one that they learned from, the one that they were following. Um, it, the, it, was a, it was a lifestyle, discipleship. Here, uh, these disciples, their, their reaction here to Jesus approaching lets us know that uh, these disciples were, were still amazed some by his resurrection and, and also that they realized that he was more than just a teacher. As Jesus approached, they bowed themselves to the ground in worship. Uh, even while bowing, some were still wrestling with questions 
about this uh, resurrection and what it meant from from the other gospel accounts of previous uh, post resurrection encounters. Um, we, we know that Jesus had dealt with their doubt about the resurrection itself, but it's still possible uh, what what happens here could be a, a glimpse at underdeveloped faith being challenged by Jesus's presence or or even uncertainty about if it was actually him that was approaching um, or, or possibly uh, uh, one writer said the the thoughts of bystanders from a group that had also gathered on the mountain to, to witness and eavesdrop uh, uh, into what was happening there. Whatever the case, the response was that they worshiped him. They worshiped him. This is a this is a good place to, to take a note for those that question Jesus's claim uh, to the to, to deity or divinity uh, during his temptation in the wilderness back in chapter four. Uh, Jesus had quoted from Deuteronomy and and, and and he had quoted that the Lord alone should be worshiped when Satan was trying to get him to worship him. He said that that you should worship the Lord alone, him only. But here we see him accepting worship from the disciples. Uh, just just who does he think he is? That's that's that was a typical question Jesus got as he taught, as he healed, as he corrected the religious leaders and, and even as he forgave sins. Who does he think he is? It's, it's really a question of authority and, and what he says next. It helps clear some of it up for us. Uh, this issue of authority. Um, 18 says, and Jesus came and said to them. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. No more measuring out little pieces uh, of, his, of his identity to the world as he did when he was ministering uh, in public. Uh, Jesus makes a bold and a blatant claim. Uh, uh, he, he, Jesus identifies himself as the one with total authority. It, it's both this authority uh, it's an all authority. It's both unlimited and it's universal in scope. It's unlimited in that <clears throat> it isn't it isn't uh, partially his and partially someone else's. He, he has no need to check in with anybody before making a decision. Uh, he needs no one to second his motion. If you would, he has all authority. You know, I used to love when I was I was younger hearing preachers use uh, the, the King James version uh, uh, and as they would read and, and be shouting that Jesus got up with all power in his hands, all power in his hands. I, I like the way that sounds, but then realizing that the word here means authoritative power it, it has made it that much, even that much better for me now um, because authority trumps ability authority trumps ability uh, as a, a a young man going up check here's a, here's a point as a young man growing up at some point about around age 14 or so i became bigger and stronger uh than my mother 
But, but because she had authority, I still found myself doing chores or whatever else she directed me to do around the house <laughs> or even outside of the house. By, by the nature of our relationship and, and her being a, a single mother, she had the unrestricted right to wield authority, power over me, authority, authority. Um, Jesus's all authority was also universal because there's there's not an inch of existence where his authority is not in effect. It's all heaven and earth. It, it covers the heavenly bodies and the heavenly beings, angels whatsoever. Uh, and, and it extends to everything on earth. His authority. I, I, Paul touches it and emphasizes this point in Philippians chapter two, where, where after describing Jesus's humiliation and coming down to earth and, and his death, he, he shares how God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue uh, should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father <clears throat> in Philippians two, nine through 11. I know uh, some people, though, they, they tune out as soon as they, they hear the word authority. Um, they, they, they'd rather be living in the time of judges uh, like Ruth and Naomi uh, when there was no king and every person did whatever was right in their own eyes. Uh, yet the fact that Jesus is here standing and speaking this claim out loud after uh, wrestling and pinning death down after overpowering death in the grave, it actually proves that this claim and all uh, this claim of all authority and all the other claims that he's made um, uh, or, or even the claims that he will make are all true. The fact that he's standing and he's speaking backs up his claim. There is authority. There is a king. His statement, uh, it, it calls for people now to, to, to settle this issue of authority. Uh, it doesn't really leave much wiggle room. His, his authority, his authority exists and people can either accept it in peace or live in rebellion to it. For our benefit, Psalm 2 uh, that we read earlier, it strongly recommends that we accept and live under his authority. And it, and it, and it gave us a little picture of, of what happens when, when, when we reject that. Um, you could go back and read Psalm 2 again if you like. Um, but here, as Jesus prepares his disciples for life while he's physically out of their presence, he lets them know that he won't ever be out of authority, even if he's physically out of their presence. He gives the mission here. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That word, therefore, it lets us know that the mission Jesus lays out here for his disciples and his church rests on his total authority. It is backed up by his all authority. Often called the Great Commission, this directive from Jesus wraps up his earthly ministry and prepares the disciples to put into action what they've learned from their experience with him. Uh, the, the heart of Jesus's command here to the disciples is to make disciples. He gives a, a threefold course of action to achieve the mission, going, marking, and maturing. Going, marking, and maturing. Going, going, it, it, it's, it's, it's not something, this making disciples is not something that can be accomplished by proxy or uh, 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 at too, too much of a distance. The disciples who will carry out this work will need to move out and encounter other people. But in order for the, the going to, to truly become disciple making and not just sightseeing or recreation, something has to be shared in that encounter. Uh, Matthew takes for granted here that the readers understand what's involved in the going. But over in chapter 10 and verse 7, uh, where the disciples were sent out on a smaller, more limited mission, they were told to be proclaiming about the kingdom of heaven as they go. It's, it's part of the going. The message is part of the going. Luke and Acts give more clarity on that going. <clears throat> in in Jesus' last instructions to his disciples described in Luke 24 and Acts 1, he, he identifies the disciples as his witnesses. They had experienced all that he had done and and he sets the expectation for them to faithfully share and spread their witness everywhere to all nations. Sure, you know, their, their upright lives, their good behavior would, would be a part of their witness. But the, the sharing of the good news, the gospel as they go, it's essential to making disciples. Imagine, imagine a, a key witness uh, who knows the whole story in a major trial. Um, what, what, what they know could have a person set free from a death penalty case. Uh, they're, they're summons to, to go to court. They go, they take the stand, but never give a testimony. Uh, not only is that not helpful, it's, it's negligent. Uh, it's cruel. Uh, someone's life is at stake. The message shared in going gives people an opportunity to accept the authority of Jesus and all he's done to secure uh, their freedom um, uh, from, from guilt and from sin and, and even from death. It's a message of their salvation. It, it needs to be shared in the going. And Jesus, he also expands uh, this going it, it, that began first with Israel, but now it, it extends 
to all nations. Uh, um, it's, it's an all-encompassing, all nations, all ethnos, all or, or, or people groups. Um, it's, it's both international and it's local. Uh, it, it should touch each one. Um, you know, many have, have flown to others, other countries to, to live out this command to go make disciples of all nations. And, and that's something that's necessary uh, when there's places and, and people who are unreached. But, uh, but, but do we also realize that there are places you can stand uh, right in a city and come into contact with various and numerous nations, people groups, right there where you stand in that city uh, uh, going. Going has to be nuanced. It's, it's local, it's, it's international, um, but it needs to happen. The, the going with the message, though, still is only the first part. It's only the first part to making disciples. Next, um, uh, Jesus wants to be clear that we, we also need to be marking disciples. Um, as people hear and respond to the good news, uh, uh, the, 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 the instruction given was to baptize. It was to baptize. It, it marks them. Since, since receiving the good news uh, uh, that they hear from the disciples is going to determine salvation and since uh, some um, have, have realized and recognized once they receive that good news, once they accept Jesus Christ as Lord and his authority, um, some people uh, in this day and age have begun to see water baptism as an extra or unnecessary step. Um, but we find it right here, commanded by Jesus as a part of the mission. Baptism, baptism was a was a public show of allegiance toward a person or group that that uh, that that had baptized someone. It's a public declaration. In terms of the mission of Jesus, the baptism would display not only allegiance and obedience to the Lord, but attachment to him. Uh, it, it would mark new disciples as part of uh the community that belongs to Christ. They will become connected in the eyes of the world uh, to the resurrected Lord uh, by this resurrecting symbol. Uh, these disciples would be immersed into water, uh, symbolizing death, that death that Jesus uh, 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 suffered, being buried with him. And then they would be lifted out of the water, uh, symbolizing the new life in Jesus, uh, him being raised from the dead, us being raised to new life. Another thing to notice about this part of the command is that uh, Jesus's name is listed alongside the Father and the Holy Spirit. He had been accused before of making himself equal with God by calling uh, God, his father. But now Jesus signifies his equality, blatantly joining himself into the one singular name. It said the name of not names, one singular name of the father, son and Holy Spirit. 
uh, uh, though, though, the, though the word Trinity doesn't appear in, in the scripture, um, we're, we're given pictures of the triune Godhead through, through verses like this. Um, Jesus is a part. He's one with the Father and the Spirit. The, the full authority of God was behind the baptism of the new disciple. It's not a side note. It is part of the mission. But still, the baptism <clears throat> is, not, is not the final step in the command. Uh, you make your, your going and, and you're, you're making disciples and marking disciples, but now you're, you're maturing disciples. Maturing disciples is a critical part of making disciples. Uh, disciples are, are charged to teach disciples. They would be teaching them about life with Jesus as a citizen of the kingdom of God. It's what Jesus had taught them. Uh, subjects would include such things as his lordship, total sacrificial commitment to him, uh, prayer, forgiveness, the great commandment, and, and much, much more, uh, all that Jesus had taught. Jesus had shared the way of life under the authority of God with them. He taught, he taught it to them by, by word and by action as they walked together over the last three years. Here we, we, we find and we see the circular nature of discipleship. They are, they're, they're only teaching what they already received from Jesus. They were called to teach in a way that what the new disciples learned would become a part of who they are. Um, they wouldn't be learning just uh, for learning's sake. Uh, and and it, it would be a part of who they are in order that they, they would be able to participate in this very same command to go baptize and make disciples. But even as teachers, they were never to make disciples for themselves. They were to make disciples that would grow up into Christ, that would grow up looking like Christ, imitating Christ. Those were the disciples they were supposed to be forming, and that was the mission. Now, according to this commission from Jesus, there should be no such thing as a disciple who doesn't make disciples. Um, his commission doesn't leave room for that. It, it almost is an oxymoron, um, a disciple that doesn't make disciples. But before the work started to sound too hard as he explained it to them, or anyone could give a reason that they couldn't participate, Jesus interrupts with a powerful headline. He says, behold, uh, uh, pay close attention to what you're about to hear. Behold, I am with you. I am with you. Um, Jesus eliminates uh, room and reason for fear. I am with you. As, as, as Matthew closes this gospel, it's almost like he folds it in half so that the beginning touches the end. 
you remember there in the beginning in, in chapter one, verse 23, you hear Jesus being identified as Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here we have Jesus stating uh, that as the disciples go making more disciples, he is with them, with us always. Uh, I am with you. Um, and that word uh, always, uh, that word literally means all the days. Um, every one of the days they face in this mission, Jesus is saying he's there. If I translated it into uh, a North Philadelphia vernacular, it would be all day, every day. Jesus says he's there. In, in Luke Back in, in Luke 24 and in Acts 1, again, you're going to want to read these later. I'll put them there. They'll be in the notes. Um, Jesus promises to send power on his disciples in the form of the Holy Spirit to carry out this mission that he calls them to. The Holy Spirit would not only empower them, uh, but make it possible to experience the presence of Jesus wherever they go. What a, what a comfort that had to be to them, that wherever they go, they could experience the presence of Jesus. Um, even the Apostle Paul, uh, who got fearful while he was on, on mission one day in Corinth, uh, was comforted by the presence of Jesus, who told him not to be afraid because he was with him. He was with him. Imagine, uh, imagine being able to say, uh, like David in Psalm 23, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you are with me. This is the word of uh, comfort that Jesus leaves uh, his disciples with. And I can tell you that no disciple walked away from this commission feeling like making more disciples was something optional. None of them walked away thinking that's something I can get around to. It was what Jesus left them with. It was it, it was what's next for them. After encountering the, the, the risen Jesus, there's no way the disciples could go back to being satisfied to life as it was. Jesus had had set their hearts on fire uh, for, they, for a, a new reality, um, uh, his, his authority um, being present throughout all nations. Uh, they, could, they, could, they could visualize it. They were after it. In fact, not long after this time, it said these men had turned the world upside down. What about us? Someone might say, um, how, how can we think about going at a time like this when we've been told and we are continuously told to stay? Well, I, I think it's a, a perfect time. <laughs> it's a perfect time to ask the question. I mean, has, has Jesus's mission been put in quarantine? Uh, is it is it is his mission now uh, changed to stay and not go? 
after experiencing a life-changing crisis, just like the disciples experienced a life-changing crisis, after experiencing now a life-changing crisis and, and hearing this commission again that, 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 that actually points at us, uh, how, how are we going to go forward? As we prepare to slowly gather again uh, in person as the church, will it be with the intention on being and making disciples? Being and making disciples. After this time of crisis, what's next for us? The mission of Jesus is what's next. Um, we can start right now praying about where we'll go. Praying about where you'll go, to whom you'll go. We can start now praying about that. And, and if you don't feel, too, the second thing, if you don't feel like you've, you've gone through the marking and maturing of a disciple, prepare to reach out to somebody who already has someone to walk with you on the rest of the journey of disciple making. Um, and lastly, if you've, if you've never accepted the authority and the, and the salvation of Jesus in your life, uh, I wouldn't put off till uh, later today. I wouldn't definitely wouldn't put off till tomorrow. You could pray uh, with me right now about settling this issue of authority uh, and salvation with Jesus. If that's you, you let's, we can pray right now. Let's, let's pray. Lord, I come now recognizing that my sin separates me from you. That I have been in open rebellion against the authority of Jesus Christ who died for my sin. Lord Jesus, have authority in my life now. Take full control over my life. I surrender my life to you. Lord, I, I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Have your way in me. I thank you, Lord, for the salvation you've, you've bought with your own blood, dying on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that even though you were buried, you rose again on the third day. I commit myself to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If, we, if, you've, if you've prayed along with me in that way, uh, you, you know that you just uh, stepped into the first part of the mission. Um, if, if you'd like, you could connect with us um, uh, using the the links that are that are that are there and below the video that you can connect with us and uh, we can walk alongside of you and uh, maybe point you in the right direction if you may be far away. Um, but we want you to uh, grow. We want you to move forward in 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 life with Christ, uh, which is life. Um, we thank God um, for uh, the time in His Word. We thank Him for His Scripture. We thank Him. Uh, for salvation, and we thank him for the mission. We thank him uh, that 
as a church, we know what's next. We know what's next. I want to leave you now the blessing. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father, who loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. In Jesus' name, amen. Until uh, next time we see each other, the Lord be with you.